You're listening to the Cyberwire Network, powered by N2K. And now, a message from Cyberbit. Mastering cybersecurity is like mastering a sport. You build muscle memory through rigorous practice. Then you train as a team to foster cohesion while operating under pressure. Like athletes, cybersecurity professionals thrive on hands-on simulation. But traditional courses, certifications, and open-source labs won't build you a winning team. You need Cyberbit. Cyberbit offers a hyper-realistic simulation environment for your SOC, IR, and C-suite to refine your skills. All using the market-leading SIMs, EDRs, firewalls, and WAFs they use every day. Cyberbit is offering CyberWire listeners a free live-fire exercise. Sign up your team now at cyberbit.com slash cyberwire. CISA is now an agency within DHS. Cozy Bear is back and spearfishing in American civilian waters. Ukrainian authorities say they've detected and blocked a malware campaign that appears targeted against former Soviet republics. A reported Gmail issue may make for more plausible social engineering. The outlaw criminal group expands into cryptojacking. Infrastructure, financial, and data corruption attacks are discussed as possible cyber 9-11s. From the CyberWire studios at Data Tribe, I'm Dave Bittner with your CyberWire summary for Monday, November 19th, 2018. The new U.S. Cybersecurity Agency, the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Agency, or CISA, is now ready for its groundbreaking. President Trump signed the legislation that authorized it into law on Friday. The CISA Act, in effect, reorganized and clarified the charter for the Department of Homeland Security's National Protection and Programs Directorate, best known simply by its initials, NPPD. It's now an agency responsible for overseeing civilian cybersecurity across the federal government, with an expansive brief to support state, local, and private sector cybersecurity efforts as well. Christopher Krebs, the NPPD's director, will become CISA's first director. Krebs characterized CISA's establishment, which has been widely described as a rebranding, as more of a groundbreaking than a ribbon-cutting. He said, as reported by the Federal News Network, that the new agency has a two-year roadmap to achieving its full operational capability. A number of familiar officials will remain with CISA. Jeanette Manfra, for one, will serve as Assistant Director for Cybersecurity and Communications. As a new agency, roughly on par with other DHS organizations, like the Federal Emergency Management Agency and the Secret Service, CISA will receive increased budgetary and operational authority. That may be a good thing, too, because the civilian side could probably benefit from increased resources and attention. Even if CISA isn't exactly shovel-ready, it will have plenty to tackle. As an example of what the new agency will be up against, consider news that began to develop late last week. Guess who's back and interested in U.S. civilian agencies and the private sector? Cozy Bear, that's who. This is that other Russian cyber-operational agency, the quieter sister to GRU's Fancy Bear. Cozy Bear discreetly established itself in the Democratic National Committee's networks early in the 2016 election cycle, 
Months before, the flashier and more ostentatious Fancy Bear showed up and blew the gaff. Cozy had last been prominent in 2017 when it conducted espionage campaigns against government targets in Norway and the Netherlands. Cozy Bear is generally associated with either the FSB or SVR, both of which are KGB descendants in the current Russian security and intelligence bureaucracy. According to ZDNet and Reuters, the group has been engaged in spearfishing U.S. targets. CrowdStrike and FireEye, among others, have been reporting the discovery and watching the operation. CrowdStrike says Cozy Bear has been impersonating a U.S. State Department official in spearfishing emails. The payload is a link to a legitimate but compromised website. Targets form a familiar set of Cozy Bear interests. Government agencies, including law enforcement agencies, think tanks, and business information services. Cozy Bear, by the way, if you're keeping score at home, is also known as APT-29, the Dukes, or Power Duke. Ukraine's CERT, working with the country's Foreign Intelligence Service, says it stopped battle space preparation for a campaign that would have installed a new version of the Terodo espionage and attack staging malware. There's no attribution, but they note that the campaign appeared interested in former Soviet republics. It's designed to run only on systems localized to the languages prevalent in the near abroad, among them Ukrainian, Belarusian, Russian, Armenian, Azerbaijani, Uzbek, and Tatar. CERT-UA recommends the usual hygienic measures against infection, be wary of opening attachments, disable auto-run for removable media, be skeptical when an operating system displays a message that a file requires that certain software be installed before it can be opened, and of course regularly and securely back up your files. Researchers report a Gmail flaw that enables a user to add an arbitrary email address to the From field. The social engineering possibilities are obvious, but the approach is an unusual one. Researcher and software developer Tom Cotton told Bleeping Computer that a colleague of his found in her Gmail account sent folder some messages she hadn't in fact sent. What seems to have happened is that an anomaly in the From field permits it to be structured to contain a recipient's address, or indeed any address. This, of course, could facilitate business email compromise or other forms of fraud. Trend Micro is tracking the outlaw criminal group, which is engaged in a renewed botnet campaign for cryptojacking, scanning, and brute forcing of credentials. It uses an internet relay chat, that is IRC bot, to attack. Outlaw's initial goal appears to have been creation of infrastructure that could be used to mount distributed denial-of-service attacks. From there, they moved on to brute-forcing SSH to increase the botnet's size, and most recently they moved on to cryptojacking. Fears of infrastructure attacks continue to surface, notably in the UK's Parliament, according to The Guardian. CNBC offers a rundown of cyber 9-11 possibilities, knocking out essential services, attacking financial systems in such a fashion as to cause a financial panic, or altering data rather than simply deleting, stealing, or rendering that data unavailable. So what does a nation do when it comes under such an attack? NATO has some ideas. The alliance said late last week that it would not itself, as an alliance, conduct offensive cyber operations. It would, however, as Luftwaffe Major General Wolfgang Renner, head of NATO's Cyber Operations Center, put it last week, quote, integrate sovereign cyberspace effects from the allies who are willing to volunteer, end quote. 
This may seem like a distinction without a difference, but the answer represents the relative immaturity of international norms in cyberspace and NATO's attempt to map the legal distinction between national initiatives and collective defense to the new domain. Every day, your IAM tech debt grows. Your multi-generational services struggle to work together. Building an identity fabric can fix this. It makes all your identity tooling stronger and allows you to connect any app to any service you want to use. With zero coding, zero maintenance, and zero app downtime. Strata's identity orchestration platform separates the identity logic from your applications, so you can optimize existing IAM tools and manage them in a single control plane. Now, every vendor, standard, and architecture work together. In short, building your identity fabric means you can secure your non-standard apps, keep your complex access policies, retire outdated IDPs, and modernize in record time. So build your fabric with Strata Identity and get rid of tech debt for good. Visit strata.io slash cyberwire, share your identity priorities, and receive a pair of AirPods Pro. Offer valid for organizations over 5,000 employees. Connect today at strata.io slash cyberwire. And now a word from our sponsor, Sixth Sense. Sixth Sense provides award-winning cloud-based automated endpoint and vulnerability management solutions to streamline IT and security operations. With its advanced platform, businesses gain complete visibility and control over their infrastructure, reducing IT and security risks and optimizing operational efficiency. With Sixth Sense, you'll get real-time alerts, risk-based vulnerability prioritization and remediations, and an intuitive automation and orchestration engine so you can focus on your core business goals. Confident in the knowledge that your enterprise is secure, compliant, and running smoothly. To learn why enterprises choose Sixth Sense, visit SixthSense.com. And joining me once again is Rick Howard. He is the Chief Security Officer at Palo Alto Networks, and he also leads Unit 42, which is their threat intel group. Rick, it's great to have you back. Um, you and I uh, talk about the Cybersecurity Canon Project, uh, about uh, the, the books that are recommended there. You've got a, a book you want to recommend with for us this month. Yeah, I've been uh, running the Cybersecurity Canon Project for the past five years. And for your listeners that don't, that don't know what it is, it's kind of a baseball hall of fame, but only for cybersecurity books. Okay, We have a committee of network defenders. These are CISOs and journalists, consultants and the like. They read the books and write book reviews that make the case that the book fits into one of three categories. First, this is a must-read by all cybersecurity professionals. Second is maybe it's not a must-read, but if you are interested in the topic, this is the book for it. And most importantly, the third category is do not read, okay? Because if you decided that you were going to read a book this year to learn something new and you went to Amazon and looked for cybersecurity books, you would have some 2,000 books to choose from. How would you decide which one to read? So enter the Cybersecurity Canon Project. After five years, we have 17 books in the Hall of Fame and roughly 70 books that are on the candidate list. And so this month, I thought I would highlight one of the Hall of Fame inductees from last year. It's called Worm 
The Digital World uh, by Mark Bowden. Okay, and we inducted it into the Hall of Fame uh, in 2018. Have you read this before, David? No, I've not. All right, so Worm is the story of how the cybersecurity community came together to do battle with what seemed at the time to be the largest and most significant cyber threat to date, the Conficker Worm. Mm-hmm. All right. And back then, it was the time of the Estonian and Georgian distributed denial of service attacks, and the Conficker botnet was growing to be the largest DDoS delivery system ever created. So a white hat group of cyber uber geeks formed what they call themselves the Conficker Cabal uh, with a mission to stop the worm because most of the world cannot even understand it, let alone do something about it. Now, Mark Bowden, uh, the author, he wrote, the reason I love him or there's lots of reason to like what he writes about, but he was the author of Black Hawk Down, okay, a mm. story of modern warfare, uh, and among many other fabulous books. Um, he wrote the, the City of Way this past year about uh, Vietnam. It was fantastic. But he also wrote the screenplay to the Black Hawk Down movie, right? And so, but the thing about it, he is not a geek. Right. And he decided he was going to learn about cybersecurity and he did a fantastic job. He accurately captures the essence of our cybersecurity community in times of crisis. And when we inducted him to the Hall of Fame last year, I got to interview him on camera. Okay. And it was a dream come true. I, sometimes I can't believe they pay me money to do, to do this <laughs> job. It's fantastic. Bowden compares us all to cybersecurity superheroes, okay, like the X-Men of Marvel Comics fame, because of what he sees as our superhuman ability to work with computers and our desire to help each other and to save the world. Let me read a small passage that demonstrates this notion, okay? This is from the book. Mm -hmm. What were superheroes, after all, but those with special powers? Marvel's creations were also invariably outsiders, not just special, but mutant, a little bit off defiantly antisocial, prone to sarcasm and cracking wise, suspicious of authority, both governmental and corporate. They went about their day jobs as unassuming techies, men whose conversation was guaranteed to produce the glaze. But out here in the cyber world, they were nothing less than the anointed, the guardians, the special ones, not just the ones capable of seeing the threat that no one else could see, but the only ones who can conceivably stop it. I love that, okay? And I aspire to be that. I wish I could be all those things he mentioned in there. All right, but in the end, the Conficker Cabal failed, okay? To use a chess analogy, uh, the Cabal maneuvered the Conficker Worm hackers into a check by preventing it from receiving any new instructions, but they were unable to kill it completely or to put it into checkmate. Today, it still rages on. It still doesn't do anything, but it continues to grow. Security professionals will learn nothing new in, in terms of technology and craft, but they will, will remember that scary time and how we were all very worried about 1 April 2009, the day that the world thought Conficker would come to life. Newbies will get a lot out of this book, though. Bowden does a great job of simply and clearly explaining many of the key technical pieces that make the Internet run. If you are new to the community, this book makes a great introduction. It is a Cybersecurity Hall of Fame inductee. And all of us should have read it by now. But more more importantly, how can you not like a book where the author favorably compares the cybersecurity community to the X-Men? Okay, (laughs) As Stan Lee likes to say, enough said. All right. Well, uh, (laughs) uh, you make a compelling case for it. I will have to check it out. Our our ongoing uh, book club between you and me. So, uh, as always, good recommendation. Rick Howard, thanks for joining us. Thank you, sir. Are lengthy security reviews pulling attention away from your security program? 
With the largest network of trust centers, Vanta can help you streamline security reviews to win customer trust, save time, and close deals fast. Proactively demonstrate security by showcasing key resources like your SOC 2 or ISO 27001 and provide real-time evidence for passing controls. And when a security questionnaire is required, Vanta takes the first pass for you. Visit vanta.com slash cyber to take a self-serve tour. That's vanta.com slash cyber. And that's the Cyberwire. For links to all of today's stories, check out our daily briefing at thecyberwire.com. And for professionals and cybersecurity leaders who want to stay abreast of this rapidly evolving field, sign up for Cyberwire Pro. It'll save you time and keep you informed. Listen for us on your Alexa smart speaker, too. The Cyberwire podcast is proudly produced in Maryland out of the startup studios of Data Tribe, where they're co-building the next generation of cybersecurity teams and technologies. Our amazing Cyberwire team is Elliot Peltzman, Peru Prakash, Stefan Vaziri, Kelsey Bond, Tim Nodar, Joe Kerrigan, Carol Terrio, Ben Yellen, Nick Vilecki, Gina Johnson, Bennett Moe, Chris Russell, John Petrick, Jennifer Iben, Rick Howard, Peter Kilpie, and I'm Dave Bittner. Thanks for listening. We'll see you back here tomorrow. Tomorrow.